I want you to turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31. And I, I titled my message this morning, He Won't Fail Us. I want you to look at somebody and say, He won't fail us. Man, I've had many experiences when it seemed like I was going to be failed, but He never failed. How many of you been there where He never failed you? Come on. Come on, you've walked through life, you've been with God all these years, maybe you're new with God, doesn't matter. For those of us that have been here, we've already been through a few things, and I want you to know something. He has never failed me. No matter how bad the circumstances, no matter how bad the challenge is, he has never failed me. And I've been through some stuff. I've walked through some things because we are not given the ability to to, to, uh, be exempt from challenges that happen in life, controversies, issues. We're not exempt from those things. But if you turn over in your Bibles with me, I want to read some scriptures. I think this will help everybody in the room. And we're starting Deuteronomy 31, chapter 6. I want you to say this out loud with me. If you're online or in the house, I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, God won't let us fail. Come on, everybody in the room. If I, if I don't see you talking and I don't see your mouth moving, I'm coming to find you. Say, pastor's on his way. Come on, say this with me. God won't fail fail us. He won't fail us. You might, I mean, you might go through some stuff, but I want you to know he's not going to fail you. Listen to what it says here in Deuteronomy 31, six, it says this, be strong and of a good courage. And then he says, fear not, nor be afraid of them for the Lord, thy God. Somebody say the Lord, my God, he, it is that doeth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Say that again. God won't fail us. I want to read it from another translation. The other translation says it this way. Be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. Don't give them a second thought because God, your God, is strigid ahead of you. He's right ahead of you. He's there with you. He won't let you down and he won't leave you. Somebody say, he won't leave me. Say, he won't let me down. Say, he's there with me. Come on, you ought to say this like you mean it. When we begin to say these things, I want you to declare them with me because they're statements of our faith. They make their statements that we say that God is with us. I tell you what, you're going to go through some things, but I want you to know something. You're not going alone. Somebody ought to shout amen. I'm always encouraged by the three Hebrew children that walked into the fiery furnace. They heated it up even hotter. They made it more dangerous. They did all they could to change the circumstances of those men. But when they walked in the fire, one more person came in the fire with them. Somebody ought to shout out amen. God knows how to deliver us from our challenge. God knows how to get us out of whatever we're in. God knows how to take us to the next level of our life. He's got great things in store for you. Great things in store for you. You know, I said this to you earlier. I I like to use my kids as an example. And, you know, I I mean, yesterday was just a great day with the kids. It was a great day in the Lord. It was just great. Stephen went and took his ACT. And and then he called me. I was out at the fields in Columbia with Brian. And he calls me up and says, uh, I'm done. I'm hungry. I mean, know what I'm talking about. He's done with the test. He's ready to go eat. He wasn't really interested in saying, I love you, Dad which is what I wanted to hear. He said, I'm hungry. I said, well, how was the test? Oh, it was easy. You know, this is the ACT, so I'm pretty happy about it. It's easy. And then he's like, you know, I, yeah, I got it done in a hurry. And then all of us just finished. I thought you'd be done, Steve, about two or three or whatever. It was like one o'clock. Nah, nah, we wanted to get it over with, get it done. I felt good about that. I felt good that he was doing well. I also felt good that he was hungry and I had money for him. Somebody ought to shout out amen. It's good to know that God is for you. 
Amen. If you're a parent, it's good to have something to give to somebody. And I could say, I said to him, I said, son, just go to Chick-fil-A. Okay, dad. I said, just use my card on the Chick-fil-A card. He said, okay, dad. <laughs> Never offered to pay himself. Amen. Dad, I'm hungry. And then while we're in Columbia, you know, I, we went early. Brian and I went over there early, you know. So we got over into Columbia, and we're there, we're there doing our thing in Columbia. And we went early, and so there's, there's three teams on this seven-on-seven. Seven and, and so anyway, this is a big deal. It's huge. I didn't realize how big this thing is. Anyway, there's an 18U team that we wanted to go watch play. And so we went over there and stood on the field, and as we're standing there, you know, it just, I watched the other quarterbacks and what was going on, and, and we're just throwing warming up, you know, because he's got to go play in an hour at his field. And so we're just watching these other guys, and so we're warming up. He wanted to warm up and get his arm ready. So as we're walking off the field, you know, we're telling the coach, oh, we're headed over to the other place to go practice. He's like, okay, okay, he's leaving too, and this, guy, this team over here is practicing. As we walk out into the, into the parking lot, I looked like a coach. It must have been somebody who was involved in sports in the area. He comes over to me and says, man, your boy can really throw a ball. He's got a good ball. He's got a really good ball. And I said, uh, yeah. He said, uh, where are you at? Because I'm thinking he's, he's asking, where are we? Because he's thinking maybe that's somebody I could use. And so he, I said to him, I said, well, we're in Florence and we're at Wilson High School. And he says to me, he says, he says uh, man, he's got a really great ball. I said, thank you. We got in the car. But I remember when we were starting out, and it didn't look like that there was a great ball. Have you all ever been where it doesn't look like it's always working out like it's going your way? But the Bible said he'd give you the desires of your heart. I'm going to support the desire until, it's, until he's done with the desire. And my other son, Stephen, he's getting involved in things that I'm supporting. And God has given us the ability to do it. I just woke up this morning and began again to thank God for the breath that I have. I don't mind going to heaven. You know, the, on your very worst day. Meaning the day you take your last breath, you're about to take your very last breath, and it looks like a bad day on the other side is a victory. Did you know that? There's always a victory on the other side of every challenge, of everything, every affliction that comes your way on the other side is always a victory. There's always a blessing. There's always a turnaround. So you take your last breath, and then you step into the mansions. He said, you're going to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. On the very last day of your life, when it looks like everything went south, when everybody around you is sad, I want you to know something. You're going to cross the great divide, step on over into heaven. He said, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. For where I am, there you may be also. On the very worst day, there's a great blessing on the other side. Somebody ought to shout out amen. You ought to say, God's got a blessing on the other side. No, 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 no. You're not saying it like you really mean it. Some of you are quiet because you, listen, you need to confess this with me. I talk about God all the time. I spend my time talking about the Lord, but I always talk about what God is going to do. When it looks bad, God can always make it look good. When it looks terrible, God can always spin the thing around so that it always turns out the right way because he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He never abandons us. And even whatever comes, whatever thing attacks you, somebody ought to shout, God is for me. Come on, shout out like tomorrow's going to be better. Come on, say it, everybody in the room. Some of you are so quiet. I'm telling you, I'm coming off the platform. I'm going to stand right next to you and preach right on TV. Come on now, get with me. It's going to be better. God's got more in store. Come on, somebody. He won't let you down. Come on, say it out loud. He won't let me down. 
This same scripture is repeated several times in Deuteronomy and Joshua. I want you to hear this in Joshua 21. You know, in Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says something similar. Joshua 1, 5 says something very similar. Listen to Joshua 21, 45. It says, not one word failed from all the good words God spoke to the house of Israel. Not one word failed. How many know none of his word will ever fail? Come on, you ought to shout out, God won't fail me. Everything came out right. I'm, I'm, I just got to walk over here. I got to point at it because I want you to get this down in your heart. As believers, let me tell you something. We can stay on this side or we can get on that side. I'd rather be on God's side. He said, let every man be a liar. God said, everything came out all right. I want you to say that out for yourself. Everything is going to come out all right. Come on, make a confession with me this morning. If it sounds a little, I might sound a little harsh this morning because I feel like y'all are just staring at me. It's not really true. I don't want the people to think that out online. They're actually with me. I just want them to be with me more as well as with you out online. Come on, say it with me. Everything is going to come out all right. I mean, either you believe that or you don't believe it. Everything is going to come out all right. Come on, everything's going to come out all right. Everything's going to come out all right. My marriage is going to come out all right. My children are going to come out all right. The situation is going to come out all right. My money is going to come out all right. Oh, come on, somebody. Listen to 1 Kings 8.56. 8.56. He said, Bless the Lord who hath given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his promises which he promised. Not one word has failed. Listen to 1 Chronicles 28 and 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of a good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be there. He will not fail thee. Somebody ought to shout out amen right there. I mean, you ought to already declare, I've already been through some stuff. He kept me through all this stuff. See, you're still sitting here. You're still shouting right now. You're still alive. You're still breathing. He kept you along the way. Oh, we've got more to praise him for than what we're praising him for, Brother G. We've got more to give him shouts about. I mean, we, we ought to just thank God that what could have took us out didn't take us out. What could have took us under didn't take us under. There have been times you walked on water and didn't even realize what could have sunk somebody else. You stepped right over the top of it. Somebody ought to shout amen. I said earlier in the early service, if you had had COVID and you came through it, you ought to really be praising God. I had every one of them get up, just shout and sing and dance and give God praise. If you never had COVID, you ought to thank God that you haven't had it. If you ever do get it, you ought to go ahead and praise him that you're not going to come through it with a negative result. If God could today, and if he'll keep you today, he'll keep you tomorrow. We ought to give God more shouts and praise. I don't know how I made it out, but I tell you now, I know. No, it was God who never left me. He never forsook me. He never stepped away from me. He never alienated me. He never abandoned me. God said, I'm going to be with you, and you're going to make it. Everything's going to come out all right. Somebody ought to shout, it's going to be okay. (laughs) He will not fail you, and he will not forsake you. Until all has finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Zephaniah 3.5 says it this way. The just Lord is in the midst thereof. He will do 
iniquity, every morning doth he bring his judgment to light. He faileth not. Say that with me. He fails not. I've got a great big announcement for everybody watching and everybody in the room. Are you ready? God's not going to let you fail. God is not going to let you fail. God is not going to let you fail. I think you ought to say that. God is not going to let me fail. Come on, somebody. God's not going to let me fail. Psalms 89.1 says it this way. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And with my mouth, I will make known his faithfulness to all generations. The message translation reads it this way. Your love, God, is my song, and I will sing it. I'm forever telling everyone how faithful you are to me. How many know we serve a faithful God? That what he'll do for one, he'll do for another. You're not exempt from God's love. God still, under every condition, still loves you. Yes, we can experience more of God's love by being in a position to experience it. But I want you to know something. His love doesn't change based on what you did. Your ability to receive it changes based on what you did. God loves you, man. God absolutely loves you. He loves every inch of you. He, you were born to be his image. You were born to be in his light. You were born to succeed. You were born to overcome. You were born to be more than you already are. You were born for greatness. I have a plan for you. I've got a plan. I want you to know that no matter what age you are, no matter whether you're old or young, whether you're fresh or old, it doesn't matter. Listen to me. Listen. God has a plan that's bigger than where you are right now. And God wants to step you into a divine, miracle-working plan. Let me tell you something. It's greater. Greater days are ahead. Brighter days are ahead. More is on the horizon. More of God is coming into your life. More of the anointing. More of the power. More of the presence. More of his anointing. You know, if I just got to shout myself, if I got to run myself, well, I'll just do it. I'll just run myself. I'll just run for you. Praise God. I'll just give God glory myself. Because I know when I get in my car and I head to Columbia this afternoon, he didn't leave me. He won't forsake me. He hasn't abandoned me. When it looks like things didn't go right, he's still. I'm reminded of driving down the road. I was on my way to Columbia. We hadn't gotten maybe a few miles out of Florence. It wasn't too far. It wasn't very far at all. It wasn't even to the Bennettsville exit on the way. Something fell off the back of a truck. I couldn't see what it was. I couldn't pay attention well enough to miss it. And I hit that thing as we were going down the road. It was obviously big enough to do something. I didn't know what. All of a sudden, I heard bam, 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 bam. And then I heard pow, and it flew off the car, whatever it was. But I knew it had hit my tires. I knew that one of the tires had, had been hit by this, whatever it was. I immediately thought, but we were in a big hurry. It's one of those days when you're late and you're trying to get there. I thought, well, I'm going to feel this thing out. And if it feels like we're going down here, I'm going to pull over. I never felt it go down. A few minutes later, I heard like something was there. Though we were all right. Maybe it was just on the bumper. I don't know. So I kept on driving. I wouldn't advise you to do that. I'd advise you to pull off. Somebody ought to say amen. At that moment, I wasn't smart enough. You ever been there where you just didn't do the smart thing? Somebody ought to admit, praise the Lord, that's been me. Don't act like y'all are saints. I know y'all got the same problems I got. I kept on a drive and we had to get there. I didn't even, I'll be honest with you, the angel of the Lord had to be with me because I don't even think I was doing the speed limit. Jesus, help me. I was staying with traffic. That's my new motto, stay with traffic. 
You know, you can find traffic that might be going a little faster than other traffic. Just stay with the traffic. Somebody else shout amen. We got to Columbia and I thought, you know, I should check this tire. I should check this tire. I should stop. I should check this tire. But I got busy in what Brian was doing, so I didn't check the tire. We just kept on going, you know. And, and, uh, and then it was time for us to go home. We got in the car, headed home. And we went to Wendy's and we kept on going. We kept on going down the road. Got back to Florence. And when I pulled into my driveway and parked the car, the car went flat. That should have happened when we hit the thing on the road. It didn't happen when we hit the thing on the road. It happened when we drove up, parked in our driveway, pulled up, hit the brake, started to get out of the car, and the thing went flat. When I went to Sam's the next day, I had to have it, you know, had to, I, I did everything to get there. We, we, I won't tell you the whole story of how we got there with a flat tire. I did, I, we did it. But there were two giant-sized nails that had gone, whatever this was, I'm talking about the kind you put in your yard, you know, and tie a string around, that had gone through the tire on the driver's side of the car. And they were, in, they were, they were, they were, you couldn't even, when we got home, it wouldn't even hold air. The hole was so big. And apparently one of them came out when we parked or gone inside the tire. What I want you to know is, I get up every morning and I realize that God is faithful. Oh, you, you may not understand what I'm talking about, but I want you to know something. There have been times in your life when you walk through the miracle working power of God and a God who is faithful and able kept you in the midst of your dire condition and watched over you when everybody else said you should be dead and you're still sitting here, God kept your day. He watched over your night and he kept you just like he kept me on the road going to Columbia and on the road home. Somebody in this house ought to begin to thank you. Can you just thank God for the one moment? Look back over your life and think about the one time when Stephen was born, they told us he was, there was something seriously wrong with him, that he wasn't going to make it. They couldn't find the heartbeat. They couldn't see him move. When we were in the hospital, they said something serious of 30, 45 minutes had gone by. No movement, no nothing, and no, inch, no, no inkling that he was alive. They couldn't even get the heart rate on the monitor. I called up families that I knew, knew how to believe God, that pastors, other pastors that I have faith with. And I said, we got to believe God. And I had one great lady of God. She said, Pastor Steve, listen to me. I just got a word from the Lord. So what did the Lord say? Because God didn't leave me. I want you to know something. God didn't leave me. In the midst of that trial, when I was sitting there looking at the death of my son, what looked like it was going to be a stillborn child, God was still standing by my side. Just like the children of Israel. He didn't get up and walk away. He didn't forget I was standing there. He still heard my prayer, and he still answered my cry. And so she says, I want you to go back in the room, and I want you just to sit at her head while they're, they're going to do a C-section. They had me run out the room, get dressed up. The emergency doctor comes in, and another guy drives in in a, at whatever car it was. I heard him spin his car. I could see him driving in the driveway, parking the car. And he parks the car, spinning smoke coming off his car. He's running in the building. They're going to save my son. Or at least try. I come back and sit down. They sit me at her head. And she said, you got to sing out a lullaby. Well, I didn't know a lullaby. That might be something you know, but I'm one of them guys. And I didn't know any lullaby. I couldn't sing it. All I knew. And so the only song that came up in my heart is Yes, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. How many know Jesus loves you? 
He's not going to abandon you or leave you or forsake you. I want you to know something. You're coming out. I want you to shout it out. I'm coming out. I don't know what come out means, but it ain't where I am now. It's not what I'm going through right this minute. I might not know the answer. I might have some confusion. I might be in a place where I'm being attacked. But I know that God's not leaving me, and he's not going to leave me in this mess. He's going to deliver me. He's going to bail me out. He's going to find a way. He'll make a way. He'll turn it all around. And when this is over with, I'll be like the children of Israel. I'm going to step out of the fire. And when I come out, I'm not even going to smell like smoke. Somebody ought to shout. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Oh, yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. We ran in there, and as I began to sing that, uh, he's cutting, and I'm singing. I'm singing, she's dead baby. When he got the womb open, he pulled the baby out. He spanked the baby as they use it or whatever they do. And all I heard was a little baby start crying. Ah. <laughs> and I knew that a God who is faithful, a God who is able, a God who is loving, a God who is caring, that even though I face adversities, Many are the afflictions. My rejoicing is not in the affliction. I'm not here to tell you about my affliction. I don't need to share with you the the hurt and disgust of the whole matter. What I need to tell you is that my God shall supply. It's not the need that he supplies. It's that he's a supplier when you have a need. If you've got a need, you ought to thank God right now because there's a supply. God has a supply on the other side of your need. It might be a baby that looks like it's dead, but I tell you now, God knows how to rebirth a child in the womb of a mother. And if he can bring a child back in the womb of a mother, then there's nothing in your situation, nothing in your challenge, and nothing you're facing that will ever stop you from God. what God wants to do in your life. I want to read a few more scriptures. I want to finish it out by reading a few more scriptures. Come on, just lift your hands one more time and give him praise. I was going to read some more scriptures, but everybody got in a hurry and took my iPad. So I shall wait until the iPad returns. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for bringing my iPad back. God is forever faithful. He's always to be trusted. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is forever faithful, and he can be trusted. God is forever faithful, and he can be trusted. You can trust him. (laughs) Look at somebody and say, we can trust him. Come on, look at somebody right now. Come on, come on, do it, do it. Just look at him and say, we can trust him. Come on, baby, I trust him. Come on, kids, I trust him. It's going to be okay. Difficulties, tests, and trials come to us. They are common to the believer, but we are not exempt from them. However, through Jesus, we are immune. We are immune from the harm and the disaster that could come. Today, if you've had COVID, you ought to thank God that you are healed in Jesus' name. You're not on a respirator for hours and hours and days and days and weeks and weeks. If you never had COVID, you ought to thank God that it didn't come to your house, hadn't come to you on Walmart. 
It might have been rough times. You might have said, you don't know my finances, but I do know where they can go. I know where your finances can go. I serve a deliverer. He's able to deliver you. And what looked bad, God can turn around and make it good. Psalms 34, 18 says this, The Lord is nigh thee, even to them that are of a broken heart, and save such from a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him. It didn't stop there. I thank God it didn't just stop that many would. He'll deliver them. He said God will deliver him from them all. There isn't an affliction that's come your way. There isn't a thing that's attacked your physical body. Nothing that's attacked your family and your marriage. Nothing that's come against your ministry and your anointing. Nothing. And God said he would not deliver you. He's going to deliver us. If you're watching online this morning, I know that there's an opportunity. I can't miss it. There's a better life available to all of us in the room and online. You might be watching this today. You've seen us shout and praise. You've heard me tell you that God's for you. He's not against you. You've heard me say that he's faithful. He'll never leave you. Many people have left you. People have walked away from you. When you went to court, when you needed help and the lawyer couldn't deliver, you serve a God who can. When you were standing there in the midst of a, a, a negotiation and it didn't look like it was going to turn around, or the bank account looked like it was completely broke. There's been times when I've stood there and said, God, how can you do it? And I saw miracles that only God could perform. He's not special to me. He's special to all of us. And he loves you today. He loves you today. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you want this blessing, you've got to receive him. There's no other name under heaven where we can be saved. My son today is, I go home and he's learning about all the other religions right now in social studies, which, you know, when you hear them talk about it, it's almost deflating as a, Christian you know you wish that it wasn't that way I just look at it like it's he's just learning you know ideas but they almost teach it as if all those are just the same God with a different Jesus that's not true Muhammad's not Jesus Hare Krishna that's not Jesus and I could go on Jesus said no man comes to the father but by me it's the only way He's the only way. There is no other way. So how do I get this, Pastor Steve? How do I get saved? I I hear what you're saying. I want to go to heaven and I want to live in this blessed life. Jesus said, if you'll call on me, I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things which you don't know. Jesus said, if you'll confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. I want you to pray this prayer with me from your heart. Believe it. We believe with our heart and we confess with our mouth. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus as Lord. I accept him today. Today is my day for salvation. Jesus, I call you Lord. I know you were born of the Virgin Mary. I know you lived on this earth. I know you died on the cross. After three days, you came back from the dead. And now you're in heaven praying for me. I receive you today as Lord. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart, Jesus is Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. I thank you for it now, in Jesus' name.